Welcome to episode 36 of the Two in the Authors podcast with me, David B. Lyons. And me, Robert Enright. And today's show, David, is a big one. It's our first ever author takeover episode. Um, So today we will be joined for the entire show by one of the independent author community's biggest and most successful authors, Mel Sherratt. She will be joining us for the whole show. Um, I'm very excited about this, David, as I think you know. I think I've mentioned before Mel was someone I'd love to have on the show. Yeah, Um, here. So... So we will be talking at length with Mel about how she grew her very successful indie author career, how she's tackled pen names. Um, and then we will also be allowing her to tackle the mailbag, mm-hmm. which means she gets to hear my wonderful singing. God love her. Um, what a treat. <laughs> um, and then we will also be uh, throwing our seven questions at her as well to round out the show. That would be fascinating. So, yes. <clears throat> a fascinating show ahead of us. But perhaps a fascinating week behind us david so uh firstly how are you and two how's your last seven days been yes very good thank you well i'm i'm really tired i'm not spending the last 48 hours in london at the sbf conference um, of course yeah so yeah that was interesting they had some really fascinating talks some some good guests on stage uh it was great to be surrounded by a thousand fellow in the authors it was um, mm-hmm. even more pleasing to be recognised now as one of the two in the uh, <laughs> two in the orders. A couple of times, I got stopped saying, "Oh, you're one of the two in the order guys." Yeah, in fact, one one person we were having drinks at South Bank there on the Tuesday night as part of the conference, and somebody recommended the two in the orders podcast to me. It was an American guy, <laughs> an American guy. He said, oh, I, I hear there's a lot of buzz about this new show. You got you got to you gotta listen to like two in the orders. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of that one. <laughs> so <laughs> word, word, word is getting out. It was nice. Um, it was it was nice oh, to nice be recognized one. for the show. So I think I think it, the, the two mm. in the orders brand is, is, is it's seeping out there. We seem to be um, getting mentioned. Uh, and growing oh, so stuff. yeah it, it was an interesting show um and i managed to squeeze in some writing i'm i'm writing the screenplay i've forgone my novella that i should have been working on i had a discussion with my wife last week and we thought we just need to work on the alec ferguson screenplay until i have that meeting which is in mm-hmm. two weeks time so all my concentration is on that apart from when i was sitting in the auditorium on South Bank, listening to uh, Mark Dawson and James Blatcher, who were, who were two wonderful guys. Um, I, I had brief mm. conversations with both of them, and, and they did put on a, a good show. So, well done to all at SPF. What about you, Rob? How yes, did you absolutely. How did you spend the last week since we we, we last recorded? Uh, so I've just been writing. So I think I said on here before. I like to book my deadline in with my editor way in advance because yes. it gives me a finish line to head for mm-hmm. that um deadline was supposed to be last week but i pushed it back a week for when i was ill right um so actually i've got a couple of days left till my deadline obviously it's flexible but um i've just surpassed the seventy thousand word point Great. in the book and i have 
two and a half chapters left to write. So I will definitely hit that target. Um, and then I can kind of just take a step back for a few weeks, yeah. um, which I like to do once the book goes off to the editor. So yeah. it's been quite an intense week, um, like going full steam ahead. Um, it does always but, seem um, like a holiday, doesn't it? When, when it goes off to the editor, because there's no point in you mucking around with that script then. There's no, you can't be no, changing it. Oh, I'll restructure this sentence because when it comes back from Emma is your editor, a friend of the show, Emma yes. Mitchell. When that comes back from her, whatever you've changed in the meantime is redundant. So it is, when it goes off yeah. to the editor, it is like a holiday for a week or two, isn't it? I say holiday, you know, my wife has uh, lined up some jobs for me to do um, <laughs> with, with the extra time. I've got a fence to paint. Ouch. Um, but yeah, um, also I, um, <clears throat> just to say that I actually appeared on another podcast this week, David. You're cheating on me. Um, I'm cheating on you. Yeah, I think I mentioned it before. Um, <clears throat> one of Soph's friends' partners has set up his own business. Oh, He's yeah. sort of providing financial education. Um you should definitely check him out if, if you're interested in that type of thing. It's called um, Up the Gains is his business. Nice. And it's just loads of resources about how to invest money, how to like find good mortgages. And he has a weekly podcast called The Money Gains Podcast where he provides loads of education, but he gets lots of like financial experts on to talk about topics, kind of like how we do around indie or the indie author yeah. sphere. But he also talks to business owners about um their stories of how they've built something so he wanted to do it with me so i had a, just a long conversation with him about how i went from z um zero sales with a, two bad publishers to you know living my dream so right. uh, i got to do that but don't worry Dad, i know where my bread's buttered i'll always be here every week with you so so don't worry i'm not going anywhere nice <laughs> yeah uh yeah so so yeah a, a quite an intense week but um one that will be um Really good to to see the end of. So it's our first ever author takeover, David, um, and I am thrilled with the uh, author who is joining us today. Um, someone I have said a couple of times I would love to have on the show, and it's someone who I have followed since I began my indie author journey. So a massive welcome to the show to Mel Sherratt. How are you? Hello, I'm very well. Thank you very much for having me. I'm looking forward to it. It is our pleasure. And it, like I said, it's, it, I've always thought you'd be a great guest to get on because I think you're quite a prominent name in the indie author world, but you... You span a few genres and a few talking points and topics that I know our listeners would love to hear about. Um, and before we get into all of that, and before we we pick your brains about the incredible career you've had so far, um, just for any of our listeners who who aren't fully aware of who you are, would you like to give like an introduction to your books and like a, an overview of your your journey so far? Well, my journey about three hours to be honest but um yeah i started um <laughs> i started writing probably eight or nine i've always always been one of them nerdy kids who wanted to write a book um and tried for 12 years to get a traditional deal i had three agents at the time so many acquisition meetings that turned around and said no my books were cross genre or they weren't somebody else similar was on there so um in 2000 i just to bite the bullet and just go with Kindle and literally started with my pen name, nobody knew who she was, so she was a pig, so if it didn't work, it didn't work. 
then because she did, I decided to make up my own name and it's just literally rapidly from there. So from there, I've worked with three public, I've gone, done self publishing all between um, genres, women's fiction and um, crime, dark crime, um, cosy crime, uh, police procedurals. And yeah, two million books, which I still cannot believe. Wow, Mel, that that's just incredible. So it's over two million copies sold now, and and we we've already mentioned previously that you've been hybrid, so you're independently published, and you have some um, publishing deals. Do you know the the split of those two million books across your trad versus your indie? Yeah, I have. I worked out my figures. My figures within um, within the trad industry is sixty percent and forty percent. But within terms of royalty, it's the other way around. 60% from KDP and 40% from Trad. So probably average out at 50% if you think about it. But but yeah, it's um, I'm, I'm Marcy Steele, which is my pen name. I actually looked at my figures in more details and eighth of what I do as Mel Sherrett. Cool. Now, our, our listeners are going oh, to wow. want to know how you did that, Mel. So can you give us um, sort of like a, a flavour of just uh, what does a working day look like in the life of Mel Sherrett? Now, 12 years in, is very, very different than it was when I very first started because I was literally, A, I was full-time <laughs> working at the entire the south. When I got made redundant and did it full-time, um, it was 16 hours. I was at 6 o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock at night, just constantly you know writing and, and um so now i'm happy to say i'm a bit more of a part-time author because of three hours a week and i spread it over it's quite nice if i want to go out for the day i go out for the day i'm actually working um i have two sorts of days i'm drafting three four thousand words very very quick um i think because basically i write words in three weeks but that's my time because I can't do it any other way now, and build on that outline from 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 that. So when I'm um, drafting, so when I'm drafting, I've got a bit more time. So I write in the morning, and I do all the afternoons. When I'm editing, I spend all day. So I go drafts of that, and I um, do ten percent every day. Now that ten percent can sometimes take me two hours. It can take me eight hours, but I will not stop until I've done that because it does depend it um, in that time doing then I have to sit down and do it that day. So it, mm. I, I constantly make it so I do five days one week, five days to keep my head in the story that way. So when I'm when I'm quite obsessive with it, I don't do anything else, everything else wait. So I have to try and bank a bit of marketing in into the, the days when I'm when I'm drafting and I can take a bit of time to do things in the afternoon. Wow, so you're 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 full on. <laughs> yeah. When when you're getting your head down, you're like proper oh, full on. Which, um, but it's good. Like this, this is this is like the the message we want people to to see is is you know that the amount of work that has to go into getting the required amount of success. Mm-hmm. So um, so give it given that schedule you've set yourself there, and then how you you work on that stuff. What? How often are you? Because I know you're publishing a, a book. So we're recording this on Thursday, the twenty second. Um, it'll go out on Monday, the twenty sixth, I think it is. But um, you've got a book coming out tomorrow, Friday, the twenty third. But what's regularly your schedule for publishing a book? Like, how often are you able to do that? Uh, now I've gone back to full 
um, I want to do three a year. I would like to do four, and I may do four, but I think um, three is my nice limit. I get, I, I do tend to get, I'm really obsessive when I'm mm-hmm. writing, and if it doesn't go in right, I'm not very good. You know, I, I, I need to sort it out. But, but yeah, I would say for me, I would love to get down to two, and I think maybe my readers will two. I don't think there's a necessity for me to rapid release, even though I see everybody well and it's a shiny new object thing that i always do i think maybe three <laughs> nice number for me I'm around the yeah. two to that's, three that's book number. a year mark myself. Um, yeah, it's I've sort of tell it, it takes me about four months to write a book, really, from start to um, hitting publish on KDP. Uh, Mel, do you mind me asking? Do you find yeah, that writing in a series sort of really helps with the productivity? Um, predominantly, I would say yes. My biggest one of one of my biggest sellers was called Watching Over You, and that sold one hundred thirty thousand copies. So um, that was that was with Thomas and Mercy. So that was with Amazon Publishing. Um, that was one of the books I did. But I think I started rapid release before I even knew anything knew about it because in De- December two thousand eleven, when I put my first book out, Taunting the Dead, I had three books backed up in a, in another series called the Estate Series that publishers because it was too cross genre mm. between women's fiction and um, crime probably too dark, not dark, too gritty and working class for some authors, for some publishers. Yeah. So um, I thought stuff, I've got, I just hit hit the charts with um, Taunting the Dead, I'm going to get these books out quick. So I did, and I did, and so I had that, um, Taunting the Dead came out right at the end of 2000, and then I worked on the three, and then got one out in June, one out in October, one out in December, and that's when it I started rapid release, I have to say. <laughs> so for series, yeah, for, for me series wise, um yeah, you stand up but people always want my series. And so I have to go, you know, where, where the audience takes me. So I obviously have to write what I want to write as well. I do find that as an indie audience, it's probably for me predominantly, yes, I like to write in a series and people like to see a series. So my, my standalones have done okay not as good as being in a series i've actually just started yeah. my own series of novellas because i'd seen what rob and, and an awful lot of the other um very successful indies are doing I, i'm finally getting the words down that much easier and that bit quicker so uh, yeah i think you're absolutely right there there's definitely something to be be said about that mm-hmm. it's quicker it, it's, yeah. it, it's really quicker you, you basically have to find a major every time i do the police series now because the rest of it is completely set up and, and that's that's the that's the hard part of trying to solve the murder but the rest yeah, when i write um as, as marcy deal although i've written them in the same area the same um market town they are still about individual characters so they are still like writing individual that's where i think not I wrong but that's I want to write as marcy deal so she doesn't well and obviously to be fair i've done six marty steel and i've mal shared it so that's probably she doesn't sell as many copies i told her she's real she sits on my yeah. shoulder all the time marty does <laughs> <laughs> um 
but, but I think I think I, I write in a series, and <clears throat> I just believe it's it's we, we live in the Netflix generation now, where people want content and they want it quickly. So if if someone can come into your first book and you can offer them ten books of the same character and offering them the same style and excitement every time they're they're gonna come back they're gonna come back so um i think it's a fascinating um answer to the question and like you said david most most people were saying um from your experience at the conference that writing a series seems to be the a quicker path maybe to success um mel we've touched on that you've 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 been what's known as a hybrid author, which is you've self-published, but you've also had publishers um, contributing to your success. What's been like your experience of that? Because obviously as an indie author, you have to do so much stuff. There's, there's like a laundry list of things you have to do and stay on top on, which publishers should, and I say that should um, quite like that, should be doing for you that a lot of them don't. But obviously with you, you've, you've had a good relationship with some publishers. What's, what's been your experience, like the pros and cons and just just navigating that? Because I, I imagine it's required two different takes from you. Yeah, I mean, it certainly does. I, I, I really have got pros and cons for, for both of them. So working with publishers, some really really good teams and I've learned a lot about editing mm -hmm. working with different editors as well so for me that the publishers it's, it was working with different editors that actually brought something different out of me with, with every, every time um I have to say I got I got the elusive six-figure deal twice so that was one of the bonuses but um and only having to do writing not having to do any I always say marketing because you do your own marketing. But I didn't have to format the books. I didn't have to do anything. All the graphics were done for me. They would be sent sent down by most mm. of, most of the publishers. All the Facebook ads and the the marketing that that way the digital bit things were done done very good for. Parties were wonderful. I have to say some of the some of the people I've met at the parties and things like that. The books in the supermarkets and the bookshops are really great, um, but it doesn't last long. It's only six weeks and then. And I have got no bookshops in Stoke apart from one Waterstones. So they're absolutely brilliant with me, the Waterstones here. But that's it. I can't go anywhere. Mm. Um, and to some extent, I have to say this because um, it was getting taken seriously, validation, which is so bloody vain. Yeah. But it was one of the things back then that when I first started um, on the Kindle, I wanted to um, get a good sales figure to get. Because since I was a young girl, all I ever wanted to do, unfortunately, I think self that dream because I realised from the other side how good it can, can be uh, compared to the trad, trad deals with. Um, so I, the kind of, um, marketing is read and very mostly for book one. So my my some of my PR teams are the authors. And God love them, they worked so, so hard, but they've only got so many slots that they can get certain books into certain um, magazines and, yeah. and reviews and, and things. And they can't, you know, put the same people in there. Supermarkets cock up with books. I had, was my very first book I, I had out with Avon Publishers, and I had a really big salon, which is incre incredible. And I was 85 books off being a Sunday Times bestseller because Morrison's forgot to order their 4,000. Oh, wow. 
So ah, things behind the scenes that you think are working really, really good can just scuff you like that. And it was just like, oh no, they've messed up. You know, it's one of them things. Um, editors been on an opportunity leave. The editors were changing, uh, so you'd get one editor that you were really, really enjoying working with, and then they would either move jobs because they're always being promoted, which is great. I have to see, say they're always getting promoted, but they have to leave different imprints or publishers to go. So you're like the up for mm. everything, goodbye. Um, saying everything's great, there's a lot of gaslighting, as we know, in, in everything. Oh, yes, it's wonderful, it's wonderful. <laughs> but no, I know my sales aren't as good, and yet whether you tell me or isn't as good. Um, and having no say in covers and titles was just one of the things that I didn't like. I, I didn't en enjoy. Oh, really? Um, Thomas and Mercer gave me all the say. And and then obviously um, Avon Harper Collins were commercial, so they wanted what they wanted, and the other publisher was Bukatura that I worked with, and they are exactly the same. And yes, it's what I felt like I kind of sometimes lost my brand. I was becoming a publisher brand rather than my own, you know, individual yeah. style. So um, going on to working as an indie, I love employing freelancers. Just love that I have mm. my own copy editor, I have my own cover designer, I have my own um, proofreader, I have consistency because they never change. So I absolutely love mm -hmm. being in that free freelance world. Um, all my freelancers are turn around. I don't have to wait three or four weeks for Ed to come back. I can wait a week and it's done so I can schedule everything in and know exactly that it's on that day, which is, is really, really good. Which I just I, I love just that that element of doing that now. Um, the feeling of self satisfaction that I did it. You know I did all that. I mm -hmm. just did everything myself. It's just that wonderful feeling. Being my own boss, working at my own pace, not waiting around other people. But the cons. Mm -hmm. There are some cons, but I think everything is on my shoulders. <laughs> Every good thing, whatever. Excuse me. Every bad decision or every learning curve, should I say, is down to me. Yep. So um, if I do something wrong or if I forget to do something, I can admit it to myself and just think, oh, I'm not be that day and carry on the next day. It is sometimes it's like trial and error with <laughs> me with Marcy Steele. Is she going to work? She, what shall I do and, and things? Um, so I've probably covered on it, but there's a lot of self and self publishing. Do list is never, ever finished. I suppose that's the same with every job, but there's mm -hmm. always constantly something or to change. Um, compared to now, as I get with people of my of my friends who get trad deals, I still get it. And no, it's not going to be what I want, and I need it. <laughs> and I was listening to one of your podcasts the other, the other day. I've been stalking you a bit, guys. Um, I listened to one of your podcasts, <laughs> Rob, that you know basically said um, that um, you just and you just have to forget whatever your body is doing. And, you know, okay, someone could do better than yeah. you, somebody might not be doing better than you, but concentrate on yourself, look around. As you are, keep looking. And if I come onto Facebook, I'll see somebody. And, oh, gosh, I could have done that. I could have done that. You know, carry on with your own, <laughs> own thing. And yeah. that's one thing I still, even now, I, I still struggle with that. I don't know if that's a nice thing or if that's, the thing I, I really you know and the one thing I don't like is the print books are very very full 
obviously with with um, with self-publishing. Go and get bigger, bigger orders, you know. But books in the in the garage. I'll probably probably I probably have got twenty books. My previous really, really early books that I've ordered and never sold because I thought, oh, I'll take them out on events and I don't go to any now. So, so, um, so yeah, <laughs> is that enough for you? Like Oh yeah, Mel. Wow, that's a, that's amazing. So that's fascinating. I'm I've taken so many notes now about um the crib because it, it really is aspirational. I have only been well. I haven't only been independently published. I had did have a traditional deal which I snuck out of because it was making me no money. But I now have an agent who um is looking at um trying to turn my career into something that you have achieved over the past couple of years. So um. Yeah, I mean, I'm following you, and we're just delighted that we we have you on the show to pick your brains on this. Do Do you mind me asking? I'm going to go back in time a little bit here now because I think this is what our listeners would would, would really like to know. There's a time where you were writing and being hopeful that you may be able to sell some books, and at one point the money started to drop into the uh, bank account. I'm just wondering. I got asked this lots of times in the uh, while I was at the conference, surrounded by a thousand authors the other day. Is how many books in were you when you realised, oh, I I can do this full time? Well, I suppose I've got a bit of a difference. So I had twelve years of rejection. I was still working full time, and um, I uh-huh. got the chance to take compulsory redundancy. And as a working class person, I drop one job and just go and try without it working. And obviously, after twelve years, you just never know mm. when it's going to. So. I took my redundancy and I had about six months' wages to run, run me, you know, to, okay. to make it. And then um, I, I made that last 12 months and I was coming up to the December as my friend um, in, in summer said, self-publishing, I've just sat down and I've just put some books on and I've made this, this, this and this. Now, she is an author now. She's Tally Rowland and she's under Leah Mercy. So she started me off. I have to say she was oh, wow. the first and I said, so I was kind of, I'm not going nice. to self-publish. I don't want to want to do that. So, um, so I did. She designed my first covers for me, and um, I did some edits without nobody else. It's probably not a good thing to do, but because um, I tried to do it with Marcy Steele first, thinking that nobody would know if it, if it you know, if it did. Mm. Um, she lets with two copies because there was five hundred thousand books on Kindle then. So different than the millions and millions there are now so I had to make it work really and I don't know whether it was like serendipity or what happened but I got the money to last until the end of December and then I needed to go and get a temping job to pay my mortgage and in December um because I'd done Marty Steele October and November and she started taking I made about a thousand pounds and I'm thinking oh this is a start I can do something with this and then when torn to the dead literally it was just incredible and that's when I oh wow could write in two different genres incredible one story. of those genres nobody knew who I was so I couldn't market it I was just literally and mm-hmm. I was marketing marketing my share it so I think that was the moment when I actually all these books that I've written before and all these people I've written before it was probably this is the 12 years of overnight success so just honing and honing and honing and honing and I didn't get that first time I'll be honest with you my editor that's terrible, but you learn as learn as you go along. So for me, it was a case of I even had to I had checks back to pay into bank 
account. So you have to go and take your checks into Oh, wow. My first one, I mean, if you want to talk figures, it was just, it, it was really phenomenal. But my first big check was for £14,000, and I have never earned that much money in my life. Amazing. Like, oh, my goodness, what's going on? Because we both literally that. Yeah. And I, I love this. Until the Halifax Builders decided to take the check, and I had to go in with the manager at the side to, to say, why, why have you got this big check? The money laundry they have. Conversation with him about, about books, and it's not always like that. I'll be honest with you, that was a, an incredible time. And that was a 99 pence book that I then, the month after, put to £1.99 and, and, and got the royalties. And then it just gradually is like a roller coaster, then up some months and, and down some. So I think for me, it was a kind of I had to do it, I was going to do it. 12 is I give up sometimes and start started again and then when I took this opportunity I worked like crazy all that year worked out um and studied the Kindle market for months before I decided what I was going to put on um yeah just dare to press that button incredible it really is I, I we should say to our listeners Rob out there because Rob and I go on about branding and making sure you look as professional as you can possibly be so you can be um you know you can stand amongst the, the greats in in this industry authors and not look out of place mel sharrett's books take a look on amazon look at that branding and and how mm-hmm. uniform they all are yeah. it looks like such a fantastic series and then marcy Steele. look at that i love those covers they're just so beautiful and vibrant and it totally it's a totally different genre of course and you can see the distinct difference between the, the pen names uh mel writes in you're just i'm so envious and so appreciative that we have people and authors like you uh blazing the path for us um uh, and taking us forward thank you yes yeah, really really good and um that answer there was really fascinating before we move on to talk a little bit more about the, the the pen name and the processes you put there one of the things i found fascinating about your your answer just a minute ago was that you had someone who kind of guided you and steered you at the beginning of your journey because they were doing it too yes and it goes to show like so this was what like a decade ago or so <clears throat> but like I've mentioned on here that I've I've had conversations with like LJ um LJ Ross who's wonderful um I've taken inspiration from Mark Dawson and from another author a very successful author in the crime drama called Lee Russell um if you know oh, yeah, no, uh, that name at all <laughs> yeah I've met Lee a couple of times so I think yeah she she's I think she's relatively local to to where I used to live and I, I met her a few times and again it goes to show that you could be a two million selling author like yourself, Mel, but somewhere along the line, you've had someone you know, give you a, a push in the right direction. And I think that's that's fantastic. So I, as we always say on this podcast, we only ever talk about what we've done, but we always hope people are open-minded to listening to people because maybe if you hadn't have followed your friend's advice and done that, you might not have had this incredible journey that you've been on. Yeah, and I know, like I say, I, I said to you, I'm a very old guard. I've been a fishing wheel, but I've stuff with no books, no books sold whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So it can, it can be done. You, you, you sell one, you sell a hundred, you sell a thousand, you sell 
and it's just it's basically and giving your reader what what they want um but sometimes Mm-hmm. push that I just thought if I can't get there with tried publishing I'm going to go my own way first and then and then I'm sort of going to stick to and say look I've sold these many sales would you, would you like me now because <laughs> it's yeah. always my, my, my dream <laughs> to, 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 to do that yeah but in the end I, I I was always hybrid I was you know majority of the time I was always mm. in the background self-publishing either Marcy or or, or as well tremendous stuff um so the, the the last bit of your career I want to touch upon um, before before we we give you a, a, a two minute break um, is about the pen name stuff. So I've I've seen um, a couple of questions in our Facebook group, people talking about pen names. I think it's one of those ones people want to do, maybe for reasons like yourself, where they they don't want to put themselves front and center. Um, but it is one of those ones of like there's there's issues, not issues. There's probably obstacles in the way like you said like about being able to build a new name up from nowhere go to a different genre how did you tackle that and like how did you build basically a new identity to market a completely different genre like what are the struggles and pitfalls you've had doing that and the successes i think to be fair i probably am more marty than mal i always started off wanting to write women's fiction and that was the ones that I, the books that i worked with with the agents mm-hmm. and because we couldn't sell them that was an agent then said to me well why don't you try try crown that's the path i went went along sometimes i wish i'd never gone along that path i'll be honest with you because uh, i'm just gonna swear then basically it, it's, <laughs> it's a mindset thing it's it, in my head i really want to write more books but i sell more now and then it's a kind of an algorithm thing that I can't do mm. really, really well. So I think if I, if I was a beginner, I would definitely um, only have done the one. But I have to say, one, I had my Marty books out and Mal took off. I didn't do any Marty books for you. It was because purely I know mm. I, I started to learn about that. I knew that taking them away, you know, I needed to book out because that would would earn me more and get me a bigger audience to, to build that audience mm-hmm. and maybe later which is what I do now come back and name if I was beginning doing one so I would only concentrate on right two different okay. totally different genres completely takes me out of each world every time I write a book so for instance if I'm writing a series um, and I'm writing a two procedural series then I think oh, I'll just go off and do a book by the time I come the series, the whole idea mm-hmm. of writing the series is because it's quicker, because you're still in that world, I've lost that world completely. So I kind of then have to think, oh, I'm going to skim your okay. books to get myself back. So um, for, for me personally, I think it, it is hard to do two. If you want to make sure that you do them at separate times. I even tried writing one book one week and one book the next, and it uh-huh. just didn't work. It messes in my head like when it's but I also mm. know that I'm more successful as Mal because I've written books as Mal. So one of okay. those things. So twenty five percent of my sales when you think is that right? That's no that's not right. Mm-hmm. Twelve and a half percent. I'm very good at maths. That's eight <laughs> an eighth of my books are my yeah. sales. So, Three hundred thousand. Shall we just say that? <laughs> <laughs> thousand of them. <laughs> so, um, I think if you were 
building if I was building a pen name now, I would probably do exactly what I do with with, with Mal. And and to an extent I do it with Marcy. I've got a newsletter list, it's it's a lot smaller obviously. Um I've got a Facebook and the Facebook page and they are the main for Mal and they are the main two things that I use for Mal. So it's literally a case of, hey remember me? Marcy still's got a book out, but with Mal I'm yeah. constantly on there and I, I feel like I I, I don't really want to do both but I I, you know, I probably shoot myself in the foot by not doing them. So if there's any beginner out there, I'll probably say just do one first, and then if you don't like that genre, then mm-hmm. maybe switch completely to another genre and try and not. So it can be, fun, and I know a lot of people people do it, but for me personally. It's just fascinating really fascinating i could listen to you all day mel talking about your career Mm. i just really am um so inspired by you and it's been a great journey and i know it's not been an overnight success and not many are in this game but that that, that's just been a fantastic journey but what our listeners would really like is we're going to get under the hood of the decisions you have made because mel is going to stick around for the seven questions mel if you don't mind before that though we normally have a mailbag section are you okay answering one of our listeners questions yeah brilliant you won't be okay with rob singing though let's get to it my facebook cats are killing me and I'm I'm exclusive to KDP, KDP, David Lyons, I'm gonna lose my mind. It is the time, it is mailbag time. There you go, how'd you like that? <laughs> Mel's gonna leave the show. <laughs> I think this running gag has to stop. Um, it's the mailbag in case you didn't know listeners thanks very much Um, uh, no don't encourage him Mel Jesus no Um, right mailbag mailbag time this is not Rob's audition for a boy band time it's mailbag time no Um, no. and we have Mel Mel has joined us and it's interesting actually Mel because today's question is uh, came in from one of our listeners Grace Abbott and Grace was asking about launching a book. And Mel has a new book coming out tomorrow, June 23rd. It looks amazing. I mean, the blurb reads so fantastic. Mm. Missing Girls, a Staffordshire Moorlands mystery. Um, D.I. Marsha Clay is showing her new detective around the station when she gets a call to say a man has been found dead and a woman beaten in their home. Once at the property, they realize two children are missing. Great tease in. Mm. Great hook. Uh, missing Girls comes out tomorrow. Do check it out. It's the start of a new um, series from Mel. So if you don't mind, Mel, the question, rather appropriately, is around launching a book, which you were doing in the morning. So Grace asks, can you share some hints and tips, guys, that really help you get the most exposure when you are launching a new book? So how would you answer Grace there, Mel? Grace, what you have to remember, firstly, is my audience predominantly 45. So I plus. Uh-huh. And I'm a bit in between that age, so I get on Facebook as one of my main social platforms because that's where I find that my audience are. So Facebook page on there. Um, I haven't opened a, uh-huh. a book yet. Why, to be honest? Um, go onto my Facebook page, and what I do on there is share 
um, a month before ah. the book is due, is due to come out, when I probably end up putting my first next book on pre-order. So there'll be a big um, five, five days mm -hmm. to to um, my new cover coming. And um, I use brush, but you can have graphics where you just have half your cover showing. So they'll guess at the words, which is really good, because somebody guessed that it was going to be called Sticky yes. Girls, which was quite funny. Um, and then I do um, <laughs> the actual cover itself. Out, and I have uh, quite a few people who will share that, which is much better in the olden days. It is shared. So um, I'll do a couple of ads on that once it com comes out. Um, so basically for me, to interact with my readers, I give them teasers. So I will do the cover reveal, as I said, and the cover. Um, I'll do the prologue one week, and I put my watch as well. I'll do the first chapter, which introduces Marsha, so I can I can uh -huh. here. Um, new series, bits about the area set in. Um, quote my um, ARC team, which I have 15 early readers. So once their their their, book, their quotes come back in, their thoughts come in, and they put their reviews on Amazon, mm -hmm. I'll go in and pick the best bits out of those, and then put them on um, graphics on my Facebook page. And it's three weeks to go, two weeks to go. Ah. Just actually put to go, Marsh yes. solving a new case tomorrow morning. Are you ready with it? And, and it's a bit of fun, but in between that, I'm more, more myself as well. So I tend to sign there, but obviously, when I'm mm -hmm. doing a launch, they they that anyway. I used to do guest, um, what were they called? Invites like I Facebook parties, but unfortunately, you don't get the reach. Well, they were absolutely brilliant Facebook parties where yeah. you're giving out prizes on the day and and, and things like that. and do as part of their prize to uh, as part of um pitching for the prize um, share it to twitter or get them an extra entry into the drawers and i used to have seven or eight well probably about 10 different gifts that i'd give out on on the day which were really nice and all the hackers started coming along didn't they and started getting into the pages and things so i just oh, yeah i oh, no. stop that so it, it's just more or less He's my readers about a month before, and then and all then I'll tell them when I'm having a bad day, or well I'm having a good day, or share my job that type of thing. So it's a kind of okay, I'm not always giving exposure to the book, but I'm giving exposure to yeah. as well because I you know I particularly like being on video, yeah. so that's my my way of doing that. So for the yeah. launch, it's Facebook ads and Amazon ads, which I'm still learning, and I'm breaking even, and I don't probably do. As I do, but I get enough to cover what I feel that I, that I need. Um, mm. I possibly put the pre-order for the next book, but oh, I haven't dared idea. do that yet. <laughs> I don't know what I'll do with that because I, I like I like teasing them <laughs> with the cover, so it's, it sort of takes a bit of my to do that. But we'll see how it goes. Um, little things like it, I'm going to take some of my print books to Leek in Staffordshire, and if I've met anywhere in the book, I will go in the cafe mm -hmm. and say I've met this especially if you've got a place you know one my marty steel books are set, set yeah i can't do that when i um put my three extra out in the ali shenton series i purposely put a few people in there and then i went you're in this and they love it and it's just a bit of work if you've walked down that street or you've gone in that clothes shop just go in and just say mm. did you know that you're in my book and, and just the page and they just absolutely and it's just 
they're just a little bit weird in mouth doing something like that. So I only get about 10, get 10 sign them and then just come in or I'll be with somebody and they'll come across it chat and it's just my way of getting you know, get a bit of local support there wow amazing well there you go grace you got lucky you managed to ask your question on the week we had mail um on the show giving you a very comprehensive answer thank you so much matt Now, I say this every week, but it is my favorite time of the show. Um, even more excited this week because we have the wonderful Mel Sherrod still with us. It is, of course, Rob, the seven questions. Now, this is going to be quite fascinating. We have introduced Mel's books, um, the two author names or the pen names that she um, uses. So do check those out on Amazon. And I guess, Rob, question number one doesn't really need to be answered does it so question one mel normally is are you a full-time author but you've been full-time with this game for some years now right i have 12 years yes full-time tick wow (laughs) (laughs) favorite question too david (laughs) well Well, many congratulations on that mel that's just incredible that you're Mm. you're just earning um such a comfortable living from your creativity so question two then is, in your independent publishing arm, uh, have you decided to be wide or exclusive to Amazon with your eBooks? Well, Kindle Unlimited wasn't even a thing. Um, <laughs> ah. So I, I started off, um, yeah, I started off wide on, on the old Smashwords, if anybody's ever heard of that one now. Um, yeah. And my books just didn't sell on there. So when Kindle Unlimited came out, I before that, I can't remember, but I just took them off and went to to to, mm-hmm. um, to KGP. One of the big things for me is really is it's easy, it's just easier to concentrate on one platform and not have to do four different versions of everything else. Now I know things have evolved over the years since I it's a lot more different to tool to do that, and it could be a lot easier. My books are predominantly I have a UK audience, so I sell mainly on there. And uh, a lot of the sales are 50-50 between um, mm-hmm. sales and Kindle Unlimited. Ah, so it was just yeah. a yeah, it was just a no-brainer. Just just. Yeah, it seems to be the the way most people go. So uh, it's the way I am. Um, it just it just streamlines yeah. that side of the business as well, like all yes. the back end stuff. Um, but yeah, again, mm-hmm. and and. Um, sensible answer um question three is name the one service you use as an indie author that you cannot do without i i'm gonna say i've got a couple i know you say you only want one because i've heard you say (laughs) and what one for ease and two for necessities so throw that out okay i love book brush because mm-hmm. I'm not a graphic yeah. designer and I can't anything like that. I can literally go in there four or five minutes and, and, and change something. For instance, 10 minutes this morning, I've been doing three weeks to go, two weeks to go, four, mm-hmm. about four days. I've just literally gone in and changed it to one day, blah, 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 blah and up it's gone. It's gone on Facebook right. and, and, and whatnot. Um, and I, I just love the fact that the, that you can now actually, you can put on there, you can make covers, you can... Um, print covers and uh, bookmarks all sorts of for me it's just a phenomenal yeah. tool. it's great that you just flip it and, and it just appears uh, for, e- for ne- 
to yeah, definitely say Valum and Scrivener my yep. top two tools in my business. I just I don't know how I would go back to doing books before Valum. It was just <laughs> horrendous doing trying to get weird yes. with oh just just bad. I'm trying to set books out. When I very very first started I used to set weird. Oh. Awful. It would take me hours and yeah. hours and days and days and still yeah. weird document when it was printed in the book. So so Valum was just like a, a real good game changer. And Scrivener because I, I like swapping and changing around and 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 I go I use Scrivener for my drafts and then when I the edits I go mm-hmm. to, to my stuff weird and I hate that bit when then I have to then continue to work in, in weird. So so they are one of three Ditto, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I I use the same technique, Scrivener to Word and um yeah, Vellum, it's ju- it's been mentioned a few times on the show. It mm. just really erases what would be the biggest headache of all Absolutely. the production process for um, a book. I, it's Absolutely. a great piece of software. I will add in a uh, book brush, because I, I love book brush as well. Um which is it's a it's yeah. a paid for um similar to Canva, but it's more based for authors, isn't it? Because you have all your templates mm-hmm. for your books. Yes. I use book brush really well. Yeah to make um, Instagram story ads. So, you know, you can upload mm-hmm. something to your story ah, and right. it's the full size of a phone screen. I use that because on the, on mm-hmm. Instagram, you can't, it's hard to put a link in your post, but on a story, you can put a link. But I find BookBrush incredible for that as well. So it's really, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with you on all of them. <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah, three great answers there. When well, we only wanted one, but three great answers. Uh, okay, I have a feeling this is when our listeners are going to um, hire the volume up on their... Uh... Not so much as I used to. <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, or not, I should say, not as much as I should be doing, but I tend to uh, just keep writing, mm. writing the books. Um, I do believe, Al, if you're ah. writing a series, your next book sells the, the ones before. So that's a really you're writing book five, you know straight away, yeah. um, you see that cover of that brand and you can mm-hmm. see straight away five books or a there's another one coming out or i need to go and get all of them and mm-hmm. i think that for a marketing tool is, is, a, is a really really good thing um so for me it's basically dabbling yeah. <laughs> i have to say dabbling in facebook ads and dabbling in i update my blog once a week um and i do i'm predominantly on facebook i don't do instagram try Instagram, um, I find my audiences on Facebook. So I, su- I suppose mm-hmm. do on Facebook about building my page that would probably be what you would do on Instagram. And it's just literally tell them about the book, but tell them about yourself in between. And on, I've got an author page that I that on. So um, basically, what I do talk to my audience, get to know them, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes if I put a book out um, and I have Facebook. A lot of people that I haven't heard, I haven't spoken to on Facebook for a while, will come on and say, "Oh, great, you've got a new one out." And I'll just say, "Hi," and, and that's how I build my audience. If I know them, I'll say, "Have a dog." Yeah, that, oh, that type of thing. People, people love my dog. So he's a bit of a nutter, so people like that. So it's been, I'm kind of more real on on, <laughs> on Facebook. Um, sorry, on platform. So it's me. Think that that sells books rather than. I might be buying my book. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I am going to go. People will get fed up for seeing my, my posts today. And that's for everybody. I go into different Facebook groups. A book mm-hmm. is coming out. And 
all I can, I can do, I can just step and try and not panic about, about the that's the majority of the things that I do online. And, and like I said, on, online, I will um, go out with Fascinating, love it. Yeah, love that. And I think, um, I mean, you're you're championing um, my thing now. Nothing sells your book more than your next book. I think that's something I beat our listeners over the head with. Um, but yeah. the the really important takeaway there is 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 the connection you're building with your readers through your author page, and it's something I neglected mm-hmm. for years. And I started doing it um, since I went full time back end of last year. I think I've posted on there every day, at least something, whether it's an advertisement or just a little update or a silly thing. And I think my page has grown by like over 100 percent since then, because people react to you being a human, which is brilliant. That's really good, because I think we do now. Yeah. Every week, and they go, right, so I go five days, and I don't, and then it's Friday all of a sudden. And I think I need to start scheduling my in because I think, you know, someone, if somebody with me, it's easy for people to get me because there's so many brand new authors coming out, and there's mm-hmm. so many that they wait for their next books as well. Yes, exactly. So it's been mindful in, you know, in their in their minds for when your next books exactly. Out. Yeah, mm-hmm. Cu- cultivating your fan base. I hate calling them a fan base, but cultivating your fan base. It's so key. All of the mm-hmm. top authors um, are, are, are in the indie world that are really doing that. They really are. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I didn't like about traditional publishing because traditional publishing, you don't have any of the uh, data. So I don't know who was buying my books. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I couldn't, you know, sometimes they're, they were to the, the publisher's mail, not mine. You know, Great so point. that was one of the frustrating. So true. I have to say, Avon, Avon, and me so put my links into their books. Oh, good. You know, oh. it, it's sorry, my book rather than join the Avon. Yeah, thing really nice. So that I had got, I could build a mailing list up, but sometimes that's a a bit of a downfall. Fantastic, um, wonderful insights there, Mel, into how you market your books. Incredible. Um, so we're going to go back a bit now for question five because you've been at this for a while, but. Question five is: What's the one thing you know now that you wish you knew from the outset? I wish I'd been the publisher all the way through <laughs> and just continued with maybe one, one series mm-hmm. and not swap genres and not swap steel and master. But then sometimes I think, where's the fun in? Mm-hmm. Where's the fun in 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 buying and, and experimenting and things? So. I grew through every experience. Mm-hmm. Or optional or do do my own book. So the one thing I wish I knew that I wish I'd self published. I wish I'd continue to publish all Oh wow. I just wasn't confident enough. And also I think my dream was to be a published author. So um that's and was backwards and forwards. Interesting. I feel at my I feel at my happiest now I can do exactly what and I don't have an editor who's saying, "Can you make this book darker?" Just yeah. one of the things actually they did, and I didn't like, oh, wow. and didn't realise at the time. And now this one is I'm trying this series. I've noticed I'm doing a brand new series as well as is because I want to do one series that is all self-published, which has had no input from anybody else, and I can kind of, and I can grow. 
I've actually added mm-hmm. three books to the Charlie Shenton series, but the first three books were traditionally published with missing. So they sold so many when you know back in 2014-15 that mm. I can't try the advertise your first book, advertise your first book, advertise your first book because it sold so many. So my four five well, but one, two and three don't do as much. So yes. the brand new series is because I want to control of the whole lot. Yeah. And see what else I can do as a, a full time indie author, really. Fantastic. Fascinating. Yeah, that autonomy the autonomy really is um it's 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 so powerful and so important. But given that you love the indie authoring so much, um we're gonna ask you to, to piss on a little bit now because question six is what's the biggest frustration for you as an independent author? As an independent author, I have to I have to realise that I had my big time a few years back and I have authors that always get that big time my books are very really mm-hmm. and then a little ones and a really big seller so my my biggest thing is you object if i see somebody who's doing well in a cozy crime job they come up three to three years they do so so well and they're doing all these sales and everything i won't do that and mm-hmm. then i take myself yeah and then i start researching their books and thinking i don't want to do this what do we so then I go back to my own, and then I see a women's fiction author doing really, really well, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. off again. So for me, yeah. that is the, the, the thing is, shiny new author syndrome. I, I still know where I, I – I'm not, I'm not saying I'm, I'm in a box, but I know exactly what my audience wants, and mm-hmm. I know exactly what I'm – so I have to you know keep myself in that box and maybe do Marcy as a passion project whenever I, I feel like doing a Marcy Steele book. So yeah, shining your object. Great answer. It's 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 something we've um spoke about like um like looking over the fence and seeing what someone else is doing in its mm. its um, comparisonitis. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, comparisonitis, which we Absolutely. spoke about earlier. It's it's about pulling yourself back in. And mm-hmm. like you said, there's no there's no shame knowing what your audience wants and what they expect you to deliver. Um I know it sounds mm-hmm. not creatively bankrupt but it sounds like creatively off to say well i know my readers want another action-packed sam pope thriller it doesn't matter if i want to write a romance a romantic comedy or something because i know for a fact this is my job (laughs) i need to sell a book so um i get your frustration and it's it's a good one to to be able to to handle get a handle on um, well it, it just goes to show comparisonitis it, anybody mm-hmm. who writing their first book and um, mm-hmm. gets it and now mel has sold over two million books and and is still you know that that still eats at her yet so it's really fascinating no matter where you are along your journey that you, you, this can sort of overtake you at some point yeah i think you just have to step back sometimes i do think how well i've um, and then I, I sometimes forget, but when I was researching for this podcast, I actually sat down and thought, wow, I've done that and I've done that mm-hmm. and I've done that. And you just, you, so much in 2023 that you forget that you've been doing this about 12 years. Exactly. And I never thought in, twen- in 2011 that I'd still be sitting here now mm-hmm. the same thing and, and still enjoying it. And, and it, it just, it still flabbergasts me. It literally still flabbergasts me that people, so great love it it's amazing and it's amazing mm, and it's, it's, I 
it's important to celebrate success when you when you have it i think because it makes it all worthwhile but mel you yes. have given us so much of your time this morning it's been it's been well david i remember when we had queeve on and you i was teasing you about it being a dream come true for you mel you were one of my dream guests yeah. to have on this podcast it's been fantastic your answers oh, very nice. your you. career has been amazing um it's very inspiring i think you've you've shared so much insight on the whole of the publishing industry trad and indie um pen names your answers on these seven questions have been brilliant You've got one final question to face and then we'll we'll let you go. Um, and that's, what's the one piece of advice you would pass on to our listeners? I was on a panel at London in 2014 mm-hmm. and I asked this question in this exact literally, and I've always used it when, right. when somebody says to, don't be afraid to experiment, don't stand still. Because if you do your mm-hmm. business well, I have to be the Madonna of the publishing world. Basically, if your company is working, if you write mm-hmm. on it, doesn't mean just because you've had no success in that that you're not going to be an author. Write in a different one. Change mm-hmm. your keywords. Change numbers and pages. Change blurbs. Constantly keep looking in the front, the front matter, the back matter. You have years ahead to settle into. Grow with each book and you can learn and hone so just because for instance one didn't work out as you wanted because i've had books that don't work out just experiment and then and what makes you tick and then work. brilliant yeah perfect wow ladies wow. and gentlemen wherever you are you might be in the shower listening you might be in the kitchen cooking you might be taking a walk in the park wherever you are round of applause for mel sherrett mel thank you so so much Well, Rob, that takes us to the end of our first ever takeover. Um, I mean, we've thanked Mel enough, but we shall thank her again here in this uh, conclusive mm-hmm. uh, part of the show. But just a fascinating outlook, uh, f- particularly for our listeners who can really uh, mm. envision now listening to Mel of what is possible as an independent author. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things where you, you always hear like these stories, but when you have someone who's come on who's done all the things you want to do, like Mel, Mel's at a level that I'm aspiring yeah. to get to. So just picking her brains and asking her questions, just listening to her answers, it fills me with like inspiration and ideas. And um, not only is she just, I mean, she's just the loveliest woman, yeah. but again, it just shines a light on just how good this indie author community is. Like she's willing to come on here and share all that knowledge with our listeners and with us because she, like us, she wants, you know, she wants everyone to to have the same opportunities. And I just think, I think this is one of the most fascinating chats we've had since we we put this show together. I really do. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, Mel, thanks very much. We can now officially label her friend of the show as we can anybody yes, we can. who has been on to talk to us. Um, so yeah, that that brings thirty six episode thirty six to a close. Um, what what before we record episode thirty seven? Uh, what have you got in the pipeline? Is is your you have two more chapters to write? You said at the top of the show. 
I do, yeah. So the, the book will be done. The first draft of the book will be done, which is the the main hump. And by the time I speak to you again, David, I'll probably have painted a very big fence. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, how about yourself? Um, I did say at the top of the show that I'm working on the Alex Ferguson screenplay. I have this big meeting in London now um, on Monday, the 3rd of July. So we're, we're creeping that way. Mm-hmm. So I just want to be as prepared for that as possible. So uh, the plans I had put in place for late June are sort of a little bit of skew. I just want to get this right. So I'm, I'm just going to be concentrating on that while you're uh, face painting. Not face painting. <laughs> fence, fence painting. painting. <laughs> Wouldn't want your face painting. No, don't, don't do that, people. <laughs> um, right. Well, anyway, have a wonderful week, David. And to all of our listeners, we'll speak to you soon. Dum 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 d